Today, on Commitment to Truth. You see, when a man or a woman, young or old, does what is good and what is right, when a man or woman begin to realize that, you know what, um, I'm going to seek the Lord in everything that I do. Man or woman who begins to say, you know what, there's no other option. It's simply saying, God, the battle's not mine. It's yours. Why? Because that's God. Because he's there to fight for you and for me. If we let him. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, Complete Hearts. Throughout our personal journey with Christ, we will be tempted to rely upon someone or something other than the Lord. This sermon series will help us examine our individual hearts so that we may develop and sustain a heart that belongs completely to the Lord. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. You see, if you walk in God's counsel, Psalm 1 says, whatever we do will prosper. So here's the dilemma. Someone can read that and say, whatever I do prospers, and they forget. If we walk in the counsel, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, which means that I'm walking in the counsel of what? The godly. And then whatever you do to prosper. So if there's not this victorious, prosperous life that seems to follow you, chances are, and we all fall prey to this, a couple of things is happening, is that we're not following the, all the counsel of God. And no one in this room does that. Include myself. We're not going to bat a, you know, a thousand every time you get up to bat in Jesus. But when you strike out, you get back up. When you fall down, you get up. And there should be more, right, prosperity in your life. Remember the holistic version, uh, definition of prosperity, more than lacking in your life. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffer. Do you hear that? See the progression? I do not walk. I do not stand. I do not sit. Walking next to me, I stand. You got my attention. I sit. You got all of me. Who are you walking with? Who are you standing with? Who are you sitting with? What counsel? But his delight is the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So whatever you're doing, if there's not any form of prosperity in it, you have to back up to say, who am I walking with, standing with, sitting with? What counsel am I following? God is not a man that he should lie. 
not a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Will he not make it good? If he's not making things good in your life, you got to question, is not God, could I be missing something? Or is it required of me in this season of my life to be experiencing everything I am experiencing? Because it could be preparing you for whatever he has for you. But do you know one way or the other? Make sense? And if we have this healthy fear of the Lord, there's this promise that our soul will continue to prosper. But here it goes. And even your children and your children's children. Psalm 25, verse 12 and 13 says this. Who is the person who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul would dwell in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. One of the most challenging but yet encouraging statements I hear over and over in the scriptures is this. Because of my servant, David. Now remember, David wasn't the perfect man, but he did please God. Because he said that he was a man after his own heart. And I personally believe the description of David's heart is like this. When he sinned, he quickly admitted it. And knew that it was sin against God. Secondly, David was willing to to take the consequences of sin. Thirdly, David never repeated the same sin twice. Or you could say it this way. To him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him is sin. In other words, when we start knowing the right thing to do and just keep doing the wrong thing, do you really think it's pleasing to God? But God is so gracious that if you don't know it's the right thing to do, like any good parent, he's not going to hold it against you. But once you start figuring it out, that it's the right thing to do, well, then there's consequences to doing what's right or wrong. And that's David's heart. It's almost like he understood, he understood the father-son relationship. And I personally believe it's, it's almost like God says, you know what? Because of my covenant with David, Israel, guess what? I won't wipe you out as a people. Because of my covenant with David and my relationship with David, even though David is gone from this earth and he's now in glory, I look back at the life of David and my relationship with David, and I look forward to you, his children, and his children's children, and I will bless them because of David. So if you really, really love your children, 
do us right before God. Because it pays off in their lives later on. There'll be seasons they don't get it. There'll be seasons they don't care. There'll be seasons. There'll be seasons. Trust me. But as you remain faithful, he remains faithful not only to you, but to your children's children's children. You ever remember people say, man, I remember my grandmother praying for me. You know, you can you imagine the many prayers of your grandmothers and your great-great-grandmothers and so forth that now you, that are propping you up today? Lastly, chapter 15, verses 1 through 9, we can expect the presence of the Lord. In other words, this contagious presence of the Lord follows us as our hearts are completely his. Listen to what this says in verse um, one through nine. It says, now the spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. And when you are with him, and if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For many days, Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him and he let them find him. In those times, there was no peace for him who went out or him who came in because many disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the land. So in spite of it all, do you hear that? In spite of the social and societal narrative, super important to understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, no matter, no matter what the chaos that is around you. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. As under-shepherds and wives of the same, we all need tending to. We grow weary as we care for our families and those we faithfully serve. As life servants, we're honored to tend to those in our care, but we too need to be cared for. We need help when life gets heavy. We need hope when life gets hopeless. We too need to be shepherded. So, who's shepherding us? You can purchase this book at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Verse 6, nations was crushed by nations and city by city, for God troubled them every kind of distress, with, troubled them with every kind of distress. But you be strong and do not lose courage, for there is a reward for your work. Now when Asa heard these words and the prophecy which Azariah, the son of Abdad, the uh, prophet spoke, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. He then restored the altars of the Lord, which was in front of the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all of Judah and Benjamin and those from Ephraim and Manasseh and Simeon who resided with them for many defected to him. Do you hear that? People start coming to Asa from Israel. When they 
Why? When they saw that the Lord his God was with them. Little side note. When the presence of God is with you, you should become like a magnet to people. Not a magnet reversed. You remember that as a kid, you reversed the magnet and it propelled from each other. But a magnet that does what? Attracts. That should be the believer in the world. Is that when they see Jesus, they want what we have because they see him in us, through us, around us, with us. That's just but a byproduct. The word saw means this, to perceive or they, know, they began to notice the Lord. Didn't notice Asa, but they noticed the Lord. It also means this, to learn about the Lord. It means to distinguish, right? In other words, there's so many different gods, was then, is now. But some way, somehow, when we are with God and he is with us, our heart is completely his. And then our God is now becomes what? More distinguishable than others. There's always going to be foreign gods, if you would. Small g. But is our big G more distinguishable than the others? It also means to cause to see. You see, when our hearts are completely his, it causes the Lord to be seen. You see, also when the Lord is with us, his goodness will be seen. Psalm 27 verse 13 says this. I certainly believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No matter how wicked this world gets, God still has his remnant. And you will see his goodness. You see, the, the Lord is the only one who can show us anything good. Psalm 4, verse 6 through 8 says this. Many are saying, who will show us anything good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, Lord. You have put joy in my heart. Do you realize that's a differentiator maker in the life of a believer? It's the joy in people's hearts. I had the wonderful most wonderful compliment this morning. I always frequent the same Wawa, get the same drink every Sunday morning at six o'clock. And the same person is in there. I greet her all the time. Hey, how you doing? She said to me, you know what? She says, you're always nice. He says, you're, you're always like really pleasant. I'm like, well, dang, you know, are there people? Like it kind of took me by surprise. But, but what it is though, what I took that as to see the joy of the Lord even at six o'clock in the morning. You see, the joy of the Lord should be when you first wake up. The joy of the Lord should be upon you or in you when you are frustrated. 
when you are ill-treated, when it's not going your way, God, you have put joy in my heart. And that's also a fruit of the Spirit. More than their grain and new wine are abundant. I have joy in my heart more than I have prosperity. That's what they're say- he's saying there. More than I have prosperity, joy is seen. Don't look at what I have, but look at who I have. Verse 8, in peace I will both lie down and, and sleep for you alone, Lord, have made me dwell in safety. Now here's a thought. It is also a good thing that God even thinks of us, church, because he don't have to. He could just erase and redo it again, but he chose not to. So Psalm 8 verse 3 and 4 says this, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him and son, and a son of man that you are concerned about him? What is it, God, in you that thinks about me and that is, that's even concerned about me? It's the goodness of God. This is the God we serve. Amen? Undisturbed. He wants to give you rest. He wants to prosper you way beyond your imagination. And he wants to live with you all the days of your life. Let me end with this. There was a physician and author that described the process of listening to hearts as part of his medical practice. He says, as a physician, I've learned to listen to thousands of hearts. During prenatal exams, I've heard the rapid swishing of babies still in the womb. Often moms and dads burst into tears when they hear their child's heartbeat for the first time. I've smiled at the strange murmur those thumb-sized hearts make when they are born into the great big world, fetal shunts closing of their own accord as the baby breathes independently for the first time. I've listened to the chest of three-year-old children as they inhale deeply and then wonder whether the man in a white coat can hear their thoughts through those tubes attached to his ears. I've listened to an athlete's strong, slow hearts. I've heard asthmatic hearts pounding away in fear and the muffled sounds of failing hearts. I've listened to the hearts of saints and also I've listened to the hearts of murderers. I'm, the first, I'm in the first generation of physicians to ever listen to the heart of one person after it has been transplanted into the body of another. Doctors and nurses listen to patients' hearts using a stethoscope. Although this is convenient, he says it's not necessary. In fact, the stethoscope wasn't invented until a generation after our country became a nation. Created by a guy, he was a French physician in 1816. For thousands of years, it says physicians listened to heart sounds without the aid of the stethoscope. They simply laid their ear on the chest of their patients. He says, today, it is only children now 
who lay their heads on the chest of their parents to listen to them breathe. You see, here's the challenge, church. If you want a complete heart, you must lay your head upon the chest of the Father to listen to his heart so that your heart may synchronize with his heart. You must get close enough to him to accomplish this. You can't have a distant relationship with him. You got to get close enough to the Father, God the Father, to listen to his heartbeat. And when you listen close enough to the heartbeat of the Father, then your heart will begin to beat in rhythm with his heart because your heart becomes complete in him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. We can have like hearts with the Father. If you want to know his heartbeat, if you want to beat in rhythm with his heart. Hello, this is Cedric Brown, your teacher on Commitment to Truth. I would like to personally thank you so much for tuning in week after week to listen here on this station. My prayer is that our time together is encouraging and strengthening you in your personal walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not going to assume that all of you know this Christ that I speak about week after week. And if you don't, and this is you, my prayer is that you are being inspired to know him personally through commitment to truth. But if you want to invite this Christ into your life right now, would you like to please pray with me? It's just a short prayer. It goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you came to die for me. You were buried for me and you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my risen Savior. And I surrender my life completely to you until I see you face to face. Jesus, would you, would you please empower me through your Holy Spirit to live the rest of my life for your glory and for the good of others? In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So if you pray this prayer, or if you need help finding a local Christ-centered and Bible-teaching church, please email me at info at commitmenttotruth.org. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. And lastly today, could you please do two things for me, all of you? Number one, could you spread the word about commitment to truth to your friends, your family, and even your enemies? We all could learn, right? And secondly, please email me at info at commitment to truth to let me know how this ministry is impacting your life. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. I would love to hear from you. May God bless you and your family and have a great day. Thank you again for listening to our series, Complete Hearts, from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. We hope you are encouraged to make your heart completely His so that you can live courageously through Him. 
If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.